You're listening to the Eat With Grace podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Jackie Neinheis, registered dietitian and professor of culinary medicine. And I am your co-host, Brooke Fredrickson, registered dietitian and certified diabetes care and education specialist. And we are here to challenge a culture around food and nutrition from a biblical perspective. Hello, this is Jackie your co-host for the Eat With Grace podcast, and we're here with Brooke. We had a chance to talk with Jan Bryant, and she brought up some really interesting um, passages from the Bible. One of those was talking about Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the spirit. And she quoted the verse for us, and she said, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law and we had a little conversation about the intersection of the bible and uh nutrition um brooke give us a little bit of a introduction here of how these fruit of the spirits relate to our topic of pushing back against the food and nutrition culture from a biblical perspective First of all, if you haven't listened to our episode with Jen Bryant, I would go back and do that. Um, I'll make sure to link it in the notes um, for this show so you can do that. Uh, But yeah, we just wanted to expand on this topic. I thought it was really interesting how she pulled together each of these fruits of the spirit and how they align with how we take care of our body. Um, And so one of the things she talked about, of course, not all of these are going to, to align with it, but, you know, joy and um, the joy of eating and the joy of being able to enjoy the food that we have um, and just finding joy in those um, little everyday, you know, blessings that God gives us. Um, And I know peace was one of them that she talked, you know, peace, um, making peace with food, making peace with our body um, and the peace that comes, you know, from being in right relationship with God and how that can actually help our body image that can help us in our uh, in the way that we uh, take care of our bodies and steward our bodies. Um, and then I thought it was really interesting too how she brought patience in there. I thought patience was such a cool way to think of that because I know we talk on this podcast a lot like how um, how much humans are like we want it now. We are instant gratification people. And so when it comes to food, especially um, emotional eating, um, dieting, anything, we want the weight loss now. We want the results now. Um, We want to feel better now. And so patience and having patience, you know, being one of those fruits of the spirit in our lives, um, seeing the development of patience over time and just doing, doing what, God has called us to do in regards to taking care of our body and then just trusting him with the timing of that and just knowing that we're doing the right thing. And that if we persevere with taking care of our bodies, um, you know, that, um, that God's going to work everything out in his time. Um, you know, regardless of what the outcomes are, we're still doing the right thing and we need to, um, we need to, to do those things, um, you know, from a place of patience. And so I thought that was really cool. That, that is just great thoughts and has a lot of important things in there for us to look at. And you mentioned patience. Different in the New American Standard Version, that's the word that they use is patience. But then if you look at the American Standard Version, instead of patience, they use the word long suffering. So mm-hmm. we have a certain image of what patience means. It means waiting 
and the answer is going to come and it's going to come how you want and it's going to be there. You just have to be patient for it. But then when we use the word long suffering, patience takes on a little bit of a different meaning. Long suffering, that's kind of how some people feel about their weight. They feel like they have, this is, this is long suffering. They feel like their weight issues have always been there. It's long suffering. And they have sometimes come to the point where they don't feel like they're going to be able to change this, or they're going to be able to make a difference in this. And it becomes a test. It becomes something that's long suffering. So how do we look at patients in that view? Well, and I think as with any conversation about the fruits of the spirit, um, we need to know that this is something that the Holy Spirit works out in us, right? So like, we can't force patience, we can't force joy, we can't force these things. This isn't something we do um, ourselves. But it's by abiding in Christ, it's by being in God's word, it's through prayer, um, and worship that the Holy Spirit is going to produce these things in us over time, right? And so um, when you when you talk about patience, um, I think, we, you know, being patient with that sanctification process in us, we can't expect to live perfect lives and we can't expect to, you know, be, be like Christ um, just because we want to, just that, you know, that second, like that is something that is worked out over time. The Holy Spirit works through us um, as we abide in Christ and in his word and in prayer. And so again, that, it's a, it's a process, um, as with anything, it just takes time. And so our, our goal then as Christians is to be obedient to that, right? It's our job to, um, to abide in Christ and to stay connected to him. And then it's the Holy spirit job to produce those things in us. And hopefully we see that over time, it does that. Um, now from a diet perspective or from a health perspective, I see like people trying to do these things on their own, right? Um, and it's really, that's that missing piece. That's where Jen incorporates this into her practice. Like, no, we need to get back to, we need to get in right relationship with God, um, and not try to do all these things on our own and let's do that. And then let's uh, let the Holy spirit produce these things in us. Um, and as they become evident in our lives, you know, then, then those health issues that we're working on or what behaviors that we're working on should also improve. We'll, we'll see a difference in the way that we're living out our life that way. So. I love that description of that this um, fruit of the spirit comes by abiding in Christ. I think that is so integral to the um, to my faith. And as I as I learn what it means to abide in Him, all of a sudden I start to learn what it means to have some of these things like love and joy and peace. Um, I do think that some of the fruits of the spirit come harder for some of us than other ones. There's certain ones that just are just a little bit more of a struggle um, for us because we're all individual. We all relate to Christ a little bit differently. And I think that he tests, he uses different things in our lives to test us in different ways also. Um, And I think that it's been really good to talk about food in relation to abiding in Christ because abiding in Christ 
really there's no place to be all anxious and worried and fearful of food when we're abiding in Christ. Um, I think of the different people that I've counseled in my lives, they can all go back to a time when they thought their weight was not what they wanted it to be, whether it was too low or too high or whatever, their body image was not what they wanted it to be. And they were obsessed with it. And it might be five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years later, they are still feeling that obsession, but it's only gotten worse. Mm -hmm. the, the actual weight has gotten worse. Their image of how they feel about themselves has gotten worse. So really nothing has improved over all these years where there was anxiety, fearfulness, restrictions, and all kinds of interventions that just didn't work. So when we look at abiding in Christ, and you mentioned that's not something we do, or, or, or maybe rephrase that. What, how did so, you describe it? Yes. So it is our, it is our responsibility um, to abide in Christ, to um, be obedient, to stay connected to him but it is the Holy Spirit working through us that produces the fruit. It's, it's almost like a division of responsibility again. It is. It is. Yes. Yep. There's, there's certain things that we can do. There are behaviors that we can do in our life that are going to lead us in this direction. But right, the Holy Spirit is the one who works through us and who produces these things. The other one that she talked a lot about was self-control. And I loved the way that she explained that because, um, you know, a lot of people say, I have no willpower. I have no self-control. And it's like, no, but the, the Holy Spirit does give you self-control. Um, and we are called as Christians to be self-controlled. But I think where that overlap is, is we try to do that on our own in regards to food um, rather than trusting the Holy Spirit to work this out in us, right? And so like we can become super controlling and restrictive about what we're eating um, rather than trusting in the God-given hunger and fullness signals that he's given us and trusting, you know, the body that he's given us that way. Um, so I think there are ways that we can, again, like kind of transform our mind or transform our way of thinking about these things um, and doing it through through this you know, this lens of, of the fruit of the spirit and how God is working those things out in our lives. I think that's um, a really cool way to, to do it. If you're a Christian, right? If you're not a Christian, this isn't going to make any sense to you. But I think most of our listeners um, do view their world through a biblical um, lens. And so, yeah, I think as always, we need to, our focus, our main priority in our life should be our relationship with God and where, where our spiritual health is. And then when that is in a good place, um, all of those other aspects of our life, whether it's our relationships, our finances, our health, all of those other behaviors um, and attitudes around those things should improve. We should see um, the fruits come out in those areas of our lives. So the specific fruits are really interesting because then different versions, like I said, use different words. Another word that some versions use is temperance. And I think, wow, that we think of it as pertaining with food and drink but it actually pertains to everything in our lives. He doesn't just, the Bible doesn't just say this is for food and drink. Mm -hmm. so we have to think about temperance. Like yeah. if we practice abiding in Christ, 
he's going to help us have tempers in all things of our lives. So we had a podcast talking about eating under stress. Well, if we can abide in Christ and we have temperance and we can keep our stress levels down a little bit, that's going to help us with our eating if we're a stress eater. If we have temperance in other areas of our lives, like things that get us really hot and heated and um, things that just get us so riled up, well, that affects our mental health and in turn affects how we're eating. It even affects how our food is digested. So all of these different ones by abiding in Christ, there are so many different ways that it can affect our bodies. So when you say temperance, is that another word for self-control in some versions? You what's know, that for? Some versions don't even have the word self-control. So I was actually looking at it to see which oh, words it, okay. it fit okay. in. Okay. So self-control, I think they use long suffering or um that was patience or okay. uh, maybe temperance is there too. Okay. But okay. when I look at some of the passages like um, Young's literal Bible, you know, they only have like five different words and others have seven. Okay. So okay. why there's a different number there? I don't know. Another one used benevolence as one of the words. That's okay. the why mouth Bible. So okay. I was just looking at all these different versions and the words that they use. Yeah. Now the King James version is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. Oh, and they don't even use self-control. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. um, some of these versions are different and they use yep. different words, but okay. I think we can pull the meaning of those out and oh, just right. know that it's all these wonderful, good qualities that increase our spiritual health, our emotional health and our physical health. Yeah. Well, and all of those things are attributes of God, right? These are all things that God has characteristics of him. Um, and, and, you know, how Jesus lived his life and how we then are supposed to live our lives. Um, but like when you, when you mention the self-control thing, um, I want to, I want to specify too. one, I think common struggle that people have with the word self-control again, is that it's related to food and it's related to them controlling, um, what they're eating or, or how much they're eating or something like that. But I think in general, I'd say in, for most of the context of the Bible, I would say, you know, self-control is to keep us from giving into sin. Right. I think from like a Christian aspect, we're supposed to be self-controlled um, so that we don't sin. Right. Um, eating certain foods is not a sin. So trying to have self-control to not eat, um, you know, candy on Halloween. I, I, I don't know. Is, is that a, a, a legitimate way to to use self-control? Um, or is it a very secular earthly way to use self-control? I don't know. 
But I think in general, self-control should definitely be used for sin. When we're tempted to do something sinful, when we're tempted to do something that is dishonorable in the eyes of God, yes, he gives us a way out. And that is that self-control. He gives us the ability to turn and walk away from it. And I think when we put it onto food, right, we're making something sinful that God has not called sin. And that can be I think a problem. And that's where like all this undue like guilt and shame can occur around food and eating certain foods. Um, and I think that's one of those things that diet and diet culture has really um, created in a lot of people is this unnecessary undue um, feeling of guilt and shame around food because, because we're applying something that is specific to sin um, and we're, we're making it, we're kind of putting it in that same category, if that makes sense. And we have to think about why there is shame and there's these horrible connotations surrounding some of this food. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to someone somewhere is probably making money on it. And when we look at marketing, and there are certain ways that we can market different things, but one of them is to make people feel very emotional about a subject. And to make them feel really emotional, then maybe they'll do something about it and maybe they'll buy your product. So this guilt and shame that surrounds food, it can come from a lot of different places. It can come from another person. It can come from somebody at your table. It can come from social media. It can come from things you've read. It can come from marketing ideas. It also is ubiquitous to the point that you don't even know where it came from. Like you have this thought about this food as being something bad or sinful or awful. I honestly think in my mind, I would need to repent from that. Like, Lord, let me not think that way. Let me think of your food as wholesome and as something that you have blessed us with instead of something that we are cursed with. So people look at our landscape and they talk about the food environment. There's fast food restaurants on every corner. There's all kinds of food available at your uh, corner gas station. It's just, there's all this food available and they talk how horrible the food environment is. Okay, that stems on building a culture of guilt and shame. And it isn't necessarily the food environment's fault that I feel the way I do about my body. And it's not the food environment's fault that my body is either higher weight or lower weight than what I would want it to be. So what I have to realize is that someone is selling a product against all that food environment, just like that food environment is selling a product to get you to buy a hamburger, French fries, onion rings, et cetera. So, you know, where I'm going with this is that abiding in Christ, having the fruits of the spirit is a much better solution than all the marketing ploys and falling into those. So I think abiding in Christ helps us look at at the food environment, at marketing ploys, and all these different things in a different light. Yep. Well, and in Matthew 15, it says, it is not what we put into our mouths that defiles us. It is what comes out 
that defiles us, right? There is nothing that we can put into our mouth that is going to be sinful, that is going to be, um, you know, like in the Old Testament, you know, the make us unclean. Um, there is nothing there is nothing that can do that. It is what comes out of us. And what comes out of us is where is a condition of our heart. It shows us what the condition of our heart is. The words that come out of our mouth, the actions that come out of us show the condition of our heart. And so again, this all goes back to, you know, your heart is, is like your soul, it's your conscious. It's kind of like who you are inside. And if that is all, um, you know, tied up in sin, if there's unrepentant sin, if your heart has been hardened and calloused, um, that is going to come out in your words and your actions, right? Um, it's going to come out in the way that you take care of your body. It's going to come out in the way that you see your body. It's going to come out in the way you treat other people. And so again, it's it's putting all the focus back onto Jesus. It's putting all the focus back onto our relationship with him and where we're at with him. Because if that needs to be the priority. That needs to be the place where we go. And then we need to just trust the Holy Spirit to work out um, good in us, to change our hearts, to soften our hearts, to break our hearts, um, so that what does come out of us is good and pleasing. And, um, you know, it's faithfulness, goodness, it's all of those fruits, love, self-control, those things are going to flow out of us uh, when we are in that good place. But yeah, our heart is, um, is the center point for that. That's a wonderful thought. That is, that is great. And I think we always do need to examine our hearts and we need to um, root out sin. We need to examine our motives and look at those things. But let's look at what is not an appropriate way of examining ourselves. Like I cheated and I ate this. I was bad because I ate this. That's not on my diet. I ate such and such, and I fell off of the wagon, or I can't believe I ate that. Those are times we're examining ourselves in a way that I don't think God meant for us to, and it brings on guilt and shame. So those are the things I need to change my mindset against. And I need to think about the fruits of the spirit and say, well, instead of I cheated and ate such and such, I enjoyed such and such. Mm -hmm. And I can enjoy that food in moderation. But if I'm constantly doing the self-examination and putting myself down, I don't know if I'm ever going to really come to the point where I can say, I enjoyed a bite of that. I didn't eat the whole thing. Yep. And again, um, I mean, I think self-awareness and self, self-examination self is a good thing. I think we do need to do that every once in a while. But again, if we get stuck in that pattern where we're always doing that, I mean, self-loathing is just as much a sin as self-exaltation, right? Like any focus on ourselves, if we're just focusing on ourselves all the time, um, we're not focusing on God and we're not focusing on other people as we've been called to do. And so I think if you find yourself in that mindset where you're constantly putting yourself down and constantly doing that, it's still thinking about yourself. Like it still comes out as a, um, it's like a, it's form of selfishness. And so I think that's a way too to examine your life and examine where you're at. You can repent of it. God, God will forgive us if we, if we, if we confess it and we repent of it and he can change us and he can change our, our mind. He can transform our mind, right? He can renew it. He can help us to uh, learn how to focus on, on different things. But again, it, it comes back to that place of kind of taking our focus off ourselves or like the things of this world and putting them back um, where they should be. 
That's right. And thinking about what if the best diet isn't a diet at all? You know, what if the best, um, the best health that we can do for ourselves is keeping our focus on those things that are eternal instead of those that are just right there in front of us. I think it would help me change how much I eat and what I eat. If my focus was on the internal, eternal, instead of constantly trying to um, be on a certain diet or something. Yes, keep our minds on things above, not on earthly things. That is one of my favorite verses. I like so, that one too. I like that okay. a lot. Okay, so anything else about the fruits of the spirit that we wanted to? Oh, actually, let me just let me just read the verse one more time. I'm also going to read the verse afterwards because I think um, what comes after it is actually uh, a really cool thing too. Uh, so it says, "But the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing there is no law." And in verse 24, it says, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And I think that right there is just that reminder of us, um, you know, crucifying our flesh. Um, our, our sinful passions and desires have were crucified with Christ. And that is what gives us the freedom to live in him. We are no longer under the yoke of slavery. We no longer have that burden to carry. We have the ability in Christ um, to flee from those temptations and to resist those temptations. And that's just, um, I think, a really, really, I don't know, freedom giving, <laughs> freedom giving thing to think about um, that we have that and that we, we don't have to do it by on ourselves anymore, that we can rely on the Holy Spirit to produce these things in us. So it is a thought that's very freeing. I love the way mm -hmm. you put that. And um, thinking about being crucified, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. So sometimes we, okay, we've been talking about maybe it in light of weight being too high or too low, but what if we have this affection and this lust in our lives for perfection? Our body weight's perfect. The foods we put in our mouth is perfect. We have all these very specific restrictions and rules and we follow them perfectly. What if we are one of those kind of people that can do it just perfectly? Think of the prideful problem that stems out of that also. Oh, 100%. I, I don't think it matters what your body looks like, what your behaviors are like, anything, but it's, yeah, what is the condition of your heart? And what is, what is the motivating factor behind your actions? Is it for earthly attention? Is it for, um, you know, people pleasing? Is it for um, something other than honoring God with your body? Because that really should be our only intention and our only motivation is that we want to take care of the gift that he's given us and honor him through our word and action. And so, right, it, it, it all goes back to um, motivation. And I think that was something Jen mentioned too, is that it all, you know, our motivations behind what we do, that's where the faith part comes in. That is what steers our motivations is is, is our, our faith in Jesus. So, you know, every time I do a podcast, I feel like I learn just as much as I could possibly ever 
expect to have taught someone. And one of those things today is thinking about honoring our, uh, God with our bodies. And um, I want to carry that with me this week. And I hope that um, our listeners will think about that too, that, you know, we, we want this to be a podcast where we're free. We're free from a lot of the food and nutrition kind of rules that just surround our our world and um, our homes and, and almost like kick them out of our homes. Christ did not mean for those shackles to be on us. And woe be to us if we put those shackles on our children. Thank you so much for listening today and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Eat With Grace podcast. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. We would love to have you leave a review or comment on our Instagram page. It's been great to share this time with you. And we pray that you have a grace-filled day. 